We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my fabulous friends. Yes, we live in such interesting times, don't you think? And though this age of technology may come with certain challenges, there are also such wonderful benefits, like being able to do this show and hang out with you. With my network and producer, Remy in Michigan, my guest and expert in Las Vegas, and me. All the while, I get to enjoy looking at a beautiful lake with a forest, deer, blue herons, swans in my backyard here in Idaho. Yes, technology is a blessing. Another benefit and bonus in the realm of technology is in the arena of health and beauty. We have so many options that were not available to us in past generations. Options that can keep us healthy, vibrant, youthful, and beautiful if we so choose. There are countless opportunities when it comes to beauty treatments, cosmetic surgeries, and more. And it can get confusing. So I'm very happy to be having this conversation today with my friend and expert, Dr. Julio Garcia. Dr. Garcia immigrated with his family from Cuba. His father was an orthopedic surgeon and his grandfather was also in the medical field. Julio grew up in Chicago, Illinois, where he became an American citizen, went to school and completed his medical training. He moved to Las Vegas in 1988, where he has practiced as a plastic surgeon ever since. Today, Dr. Garcia is a nationally recognized author, medical practitioner, surgeon, and business executive who has been featured on the Discovery Channel 16 times and had his own television show for two years. Dr. Garcia is also a frequent spokesperson for the American Society of Aesthetic and Plastic Surgeons, as well as on the board of directors for the Aesthetic Society Education and Research Foundation an entity that raises funds to allow plastic surgeons to perform groundbreaking research relative to cosmetic surgery. Dr. Garcia was also appointed to the board of directors for the Lipoplasty Society of North America, representing practitioners of liposuction surgical therapy across North America and established a national endowment supporting the science of liposuction and body contouring, engineered many advances in the field and helped facilitate liposuction in becoming the most popular surgical procedure in America. So, Dr. Garcia, thank you for saying yes to this conversation today. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity to sit and talk with you and uh, just uh, tell people what's out there. Yes, and I'm excited to hear more. There is so much available, and I often think, gosh, I'm so blessed that, that uh, this is all possible. So I'd like to just start... Um, with a distinction that I think is very important for people to understand, the difference between a cosmetic surgeon and a plastic surgeon. Sure. What is the difference? Yeah, um, actually, you know, the, it is uh, confusing for the consumer, and uh, it's something that I like to explain, you know, when patients come in to see me for the first time. Um, a cosmetic surgeon uh, can be a plastic surgeon. It depends on the type of practice that he has. Plastic surgeons are trained with uh, extensive uh, prior education in, in general surgery and then move on to a coordinated uh, educational experience for two to three years at minimum in plastic surgery. And that includes both reconstructive surgery and cosmetic or aesthetic surgery. 
there are certain individuals out there that uh, don't go that route. They are a gynecologist uh, or uh, other types of surgical specialties where they want to branch out into cosmetic work and they'll take a weekend course and learn certain procedures uh, and then call themselves cosmetic surgeons. So um, plastic surgeons um, are the ones really where that role starts, uh, I feel very strongly that, you know, with a reconstructive background, it affords uh, the surgeon greater experience and knowledge and um, decision-making process to offer a cosmetic surgery patient. So uh, I always encourage patients when they seek out uh, a cosmetic surgeon to find out their credentials, see who uh, certifies them, what board they're uh, educated by, uh, and make sure that it's a plastic surgery board, uh, and that's the best way to go around it. Absolutely. I think it's so important. This is not an area where you want to make a quick decision, be spontaneous and and look for um, a bargain. It's it's too important. Yeah, I I, I think that that's so, so true. I've had a a lot of people come to me with some horror stories and it's something that can be avoided if we're willing to do our research. So thank you for um, making that distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Dr. Garcia, you are very... um, varied in your field. Um, can you talk a little bit about the different types of procedures that you do? I know some people specialize in, in uh, just one thing, but you do all kinds of different things. So you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, it, I will say that, you know, I do the, the essentially the full gamut of uh, aesthetic or cosmetic enhancements for patients uh, from facelifts and eyelids, breast surgery, tummy tucks, uh, and liposuction. Uh, my practice is about 50% uh, what we call head and neck, so above the shoulders, and then about 50% below that. And um, especially on the upper part where it involves the face and, and those areas, uh, we try to offer the patients a variety of different options, both surgical, uh, non-surgical, and minimally invasive. Um, I find that as people go through life, uh, they may want to enhance their appearance or return to a prior state. And my goal is not to do as much as possible, but do as little as possible and get them looking better and happier about themselves because really their happiness comes from inside and we're trying to get that balance just like what you do with working from the inside out. That's really our biggest challenge. So um, I don't want to change someone's appearance so that they're unrecognizable. I want to just um, magnify their inner beauty and let them look the way that they feel inside. I think that's so fantastic. And I think, yeah, that's a really good point. People sometimes come to me and, uh, you know, want to be advised, should I get plastic surgery and what should I do? And I said, well, and I'd like your input about this, Dr. Garcia. I say, I think it's so important. I think it's so helpful to really come from a place of self-love rather than self-loathing. So if they're in a place where they're not feeling good about themselves to really work on the mental and emotional and spiritual state before they go and try to do something physically, it seems like this is going to garner better results and, and just help them overall in so many arenas. Sure. So, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, um, you know, obviously there's people that have altered impressions of themselves. They have what we term a body dysmorphic syndrome where uh, it's similar to anorexic patients that look in the mirror and see one thing that actually is not there and they become obsessed with it. Um, I, I like to sit down with my patients, and before we start talking about their concerns, is I like to know what you know what motivated them, uh, what life event or what changed in their life to 
get them to this point where they're considering some type of cosmetic enhancement. And it's important because they certainly are interviewing me to see if they want me to provide a service for them. But I also want to make sure that they're doing it for the right you know, reason. Um, I find that patients that come to see me uh, very soon after a divorce or a loss in their family where their loved ones, uh, you know, something happened or they're trying to get a new job and they think that something cosmetically is going to allow them to get a job, they present very large hurdles that I have to discuss with them because uh, just doing plastic surgery isn't going to guarantee them a job or a new boyfriend or a new husband or wife or anything like that. So, you know, I relate it and very often describe what I do is I do psychiatry with a scalpel in the sense that Mm -hmm. I have to figure out what's wrong uh, before I can try to fix it. And sometimes um, the patient wants it for a wrong reason or I think that what they want to do is maybe not in their best interest long term. Um, I very frequently tell patients that, you know, you're not ready for this yet. You need to take a little time, heal, uh, and uh, come back and we'll talk about it. And some patients I say, you know, you're you're just not ready for something physically either. There isn't going to be enough of a difference to warrant the expense and the time off. So why don't you come back and see me in a few years? And I've had patients, you know, that came to see me 20 years ago that come every five years and all of a sudden, you know, they've gotten older and now it's time. But, uh you know, you have to be careful because you, you become a an, a very strong power in these people and you don't want to disappoint them. So uh, you got to seek out what's the motivation. And if the motivation is flawed, then it's time to stay, you know, step aside and fix that first. But if it's, if it's legitimate, uh, then I think it's good. Uh, but it has to be discussed way before what procedures are, are counseled. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. It's very responsible on your part, for sure. So what are some of the qualities or characteristics of the people that you say yes to? What makes somebody a good candidate and why? You know, I think I think the biggest thing that I look for and that I feel gratified with is the patients that want to return to a prior appearance. Um, those are people that were happy with an appearance before, uh, and basically want to regain some of that youthful appearance, either fuller cheeks or tighter neck or things like that. Um, people that, uh, women that have surgery, for example, to, to replace the breast uh, tissue they may have lost from pregnancy or weight loss. Uh, the biggest challenge that I face uh, as a physician trying to decide and help these people is what I call the Santa Claus syndrome, which we see a lot more of. And what they want is something that they actually never had. That becomes a much greater challenge for me to complete successfully for them. Uh, in this age of social media and selfies and um, all the other things that go on with that uh, whole environment, you you know we see more and more people that come in and they don't say, "Hey, I just would like my lips fuller like they used to be." They come in now with a picture of a celebrity and say, "I want to look, I want to have her lips or her nose or uh, her body." and that, that to me is a sign. Um, uh, it's, it's a sign of insecurity, certainly, and unusually mm-hmm. unrealistic expectations and unwise motivations. So, you, re- you know, we really have to be so careful because it's not just a matter of plumping their lips or sucking some fat out. It's a matter of why is this person 
idolizing this other, and, and where is the crash going to come? So you have to, you got to, you know, think almost like a, a chess game and think multiple moves ahead rather than checkers where it's just, oh, they want this, let's do that. And, and certainly, I'm ashamed to say that there's a lot of offices that that's what they do. The person comes in, this is what they want, uh, and that's what they get. And, you know, I find that that's not the best way. You really need to kind of analyze a person, make sure that they're thinking right and uh, the motivations are right, their expectations uh, are right, and then possibly move forward. But, you know, I have to say that over the last nearly 29 years of doing this, uh, I turn more people down now than I used to, say, 10, 15 years ago because they come in with these uh, these photographs on their phone and say, hey, I want to look like this. I'm like, wow, that's just... And, and that's a red flag for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Interesting. For sure. Yeah. yeah, we watch Botched, and that's always so interesting, these people that just can't get enough. Like like it's an addiction, and it's like, wow, that's a little it, – it's entertaining, but it's a little scary. You know, it's right. like there's something deeper going on here, yeah. and they're not willing to look at it. And it's like, right. yeah, there. it seems there's going to be doctors that say yes. So, uh, yes. yeah, you're oh, definitely a more responsible um, yeah. uh, plastic surgeon than, than many. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, it's that's like why I love you. That wants to be, yeah, the, the guy that wants to be the Ken doll. Who's had oh, yeah. like 58 surgeries? I mean, you know, at what point in time do you tell this poor young man, "Hey, you know, what are you doing?" You know, and, and the problem is that they push and they push and they keep finding, uh, you know, someone to do it. And uh, you know, it's sad. It, it's really sad for him because he's never going to be Ken. <laughs> and yeah. it's sad that you know people in my profession, uh, you know, are willing to do such things. So. Um, you know, it, it's that's the disappointing part, and that's why um, you know I believe in building a practice slowly over time, rather than just saying yes. And, and uh, the Groupon ads and the discounted plastic surgery—you always got to think why. Why is that happening? You know. And um, that's why your reputation is what it is. That's why you've got this, this stellar reputation in Vegas, and actually internationally, people fly in all over the world to um, see you and and uh, experience your expertise. So that's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit about liposuction. I know you've engineered many advances in liposuction, and I'd love to hear more about that. And I know it's not a weight loss treatment, so I'd also like to talk about who's a good candidate for that and why. Well, um, let's start backwards. I think the ideal candidate um, is the person who's near their ideal body weight and their shape and just have little areas that are stubborn and they want to contour those. Why fat accumulates in certain places on a male or a female differ, uh, and it's based upon the stores of a chemical called epinephrine, which, you know, is in these cells. If, if that chemical is a very low concentration, it's very difficult for a patient to lose that area of fat. And what happens over time if they yo-yo diet going up and down 5 or 10 pounds every year that area never shrinks. So it's kind of like putting money in the bank. They just get interest and it keeps growing. So, you know, a thin lady who's got little localized fat on her outer thighs and maybe her love handles, uh, those are great candidates because all you're doing is really refining small things. Unfortunately, the ideal candidates uh, are few and far between nowadays. And people uh, think that what we do and what we perform with liposuction is like, putting a creepy crawly in your pool and just say, oh, I can overeat and abuse my body and just stick this, 
you know, tube in there and we're going to get skinny. And, um, you know, there are problems with that. Number one, um, you know, they're, they're unwilling to change their behavior, which is the first, you know, wrong thing. Um, and number two is when you remove large volumes of fat from people that are overweight, um, they're disappointed with how little weight they actually lost. Because if you think about it, the fat, you know, doesn't weigh that much. It occupies a lot of space. But, you know, when you put fat on, you know, in a glass of water, it floats. It's very light. So, and then on top of that, if you're taking off large amounts of fat, like, you know, occasionally happens, the skin is not going to shrink down, and then they're left with extra skin. So these are patients that have to be educated, um, and um, you tell them, look, you're not an ideal candidate. You're going to have a, you know, not the greatest result if you choose to do liposuction. Maybe you should try to lose weight and, and you try to counsel them. We have people that we refer to them for diet counseling and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it isn't a weight loss uh, procedure. And it's really, you know, we as our society on a national basis reinforce that. Um, you know, weight loss is a whole different combination of, of things. It's behavior modification, you know, in terms of what you eat and your and your exercise and your limitations, and you can't you can't expect that you can let your body go health wise and physical wise, and expect some physician to you know overturn you know months and years potentially of bad behavior. So um, it's a challenge. The technology, luckily, has changed. Um, when I first was taught liposuction back in the 80s uh, by Dr. Gerard Deleuze, who's the one that brought it to the United States from France. Um, it was quite different. The metal tubes that we used uh, were much bigger. We just went in there and, and sucked the fat out under uh, high-pressure uh, suction and basically ripping the fat out, uh, and we weren't injecting in, in anything into the area prior. So the first evolution was we decided we were going to inject fluid with a little bit of epinephrine into these areas, and that decreased the blood loss and made the results much safer. Uh, and that progressed to smaller cannulas that are, you know, much more small than we used to use in the old days, maybe half the size or smaller. Uh, and then we went to other technologies that I used still today where um, internal ultrasound is used to actually fracture the fat cells. So now all you're really essentially doing is evacuating liquefied fat rather than ripping the fat cells out. So again, less trauma, less injury, faster recovery, um, and you can extract larger amounts. Um, usually I perform the procedures under general anesthesia, but if the areas are small, uh, like for example, last Friday I had a gentleman who had some fat in his neck. We were able to do him with what we call syringe liposuction, where you know, literally the cannula is placed on a syringe and we just numb the area up with local anesthesia and remove it with just a syringe. So there's all varieties of different uh, ways we can do it now. And it's it's still to this day uh, the most popular procedure done in the United States uh, because you can do it on men and women uh, of all different ages. So uh, And it can be used literally from uh, neck to calf. So you can attack a lot of different stubborn areas if you're so inclined. Yeah, that's awesome. And it does sound like it's definitely more gentle than yes. it used to be, which yes. is, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and it's interesting to me because I did work with a plastic surgeon for a while um, in Los Angeles. And there would be people that would come in and get liposuction. And say, for instance, a girl weighed 135 pounds, she would do liposuction and she would still weigh 135 pounds after that, but the, the fat would be redistributed 
So it was just, she didn't lose weight. She just kind of shifted where she was holding it. And it was, it was so fascinating to see this. And sometimes people would be happy and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I've seen it uh, actually very commonly um, when, when people depend on liposuction to lose weight uh, or shape, um, it problems can occur. Just like you said, the fat will eventually find a place to go. And some right. of those places, we can't remove it. That's, you know, the visceral fat or the fat inside your abdomen underneath the muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's not a good thing. You know, anecdotally, I'll tell you, um, when I first got to Las Vegas, these girls would be starving themselves to lose a little bit of fat on their outer thighs. And <clears throat> once the liposuction was done, um, they didn't have to diet so strictly or, or they didn't, you know, follow that diet. And I saw other areas of their body get bigger, namely their breasts, because usually when women diet, they lose a little bit of fat in their breasts and their breasts get smaller. So I frequently saw patients that I did liposuction on whose breasts were bigger six months later when they came in for a checkup. That's fun. uh, (laughs) I've seen the other thing too, though, where, you know, I've a couple of times, you know, women get breast implants and all of a sudden, uh, I guess they get more attention or something, or they've feel a little bit more uh, self-confident and they'll go ahead and indulge a little too much and gain some weight in areas that uh, are unrelated to the breast. So, you know, it's funny how small changes in in a person's body can instill behavioral changes afterwards. And we want, we want it to be all positive changes. Obviously we want the wallflower to become more confident. We don't want to go the other way. So it's challenging. Yes, I'm sure it can be. Again, you're not just dealing with the physical. You're dealing with mental, emotional, and and more. So I can see where you do have to be pretty strategic in uh, who you say yes to and what you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, Dr. Garcia, is there some things that you can advise people to consider if they are contemplating plastic surgery or the things they can think about or are the things they can do that you would um, suggest to help them ensure a good outcome? Well, I think that the best thing you can do, first of all, is to um, contact your your county uh, medical society and ask for a referral. Um, They usually will give you the names of board-certified surgeons that are board-certified in plastic surgery. Uh, And then when you call the office, you know, nowadays everyone's got a website so you can find out about the person's credentials. You know, find out if they're truly a plastic surgeon um, before you go uh, and see them. Uh, I also recommend, and I encourage the patients I see, to see at least one or or maybe even two other surgeons after they've seen me. Um, you know, uh, what we do is an art, and we, we all have different ways of doing things. I'm sure I do uh, my procedures slightly different than the guy down the street. And, you know, part of what I do during my consultation is to educate the patient of uh, why I do it this way and why I don't do it another way. And I feel if I've done my job and I've explained it well, they'll agree with what I want. But I think getting other opinions is very important. You know, it's it's distressing sometimes when patients pay more attention to their cellular phone contract than they do the contract they have with the surgeon who's going to operate on them. So you really have to educate yourself. And the web is, is a wonderful tool, certainly. You know, a lot of education out there, but it's the wild, wild west. There's a lot of misinformation there. So... You know, ask friends, ask referrals, ask to talk to patients that have had the procedure done in that physician's office. Uh, So, you know, there's no hurry in in making a decision. You want to go slowly and thoughtfully before you make a final decision, and multiple consultations certainly gives you that. 
So, Dr. Garcia, this is really great information. I really appreciate everything you're sharing with us. If people are interested in finding you, knowing more about you and what you do, how can they contact you? Where, where is your website? Website is uh, simple to remember. It's L as in Larry V, like Las Vegas, lvcosmeticsurgery.com. Um, and uh, we have a lot of information on there. You can ask me questions. There's an Ask Dr. Garcia, Garcia area there. Our phone number is there. Um, and uh, that's, I, I think, the prime way to get a hold of us, that way you get a lot of information before you come in for a consultation. And uh, so it's lvcosmeticsurgery.com. It's fantastic. So I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so excited that you said yes to a subsequent next week. I want to talk more about um, your anti-aging and fillers and all kinds of less invasive procedures. So there's lots to discuss. And to my listeners, I'm so grateful that you are spending time with us here today on Empower Radio. I would love to hear from you. To me, the most important thing in the world is relationships. So be in touch with me at TammyBPhD.com. You can download my free ebook, my guided meditations, and of course, you know, social media. You're on social media, right, Dr. Garcia? Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, Leo Garcia, MD on, on Facebook. And I have uh, an account there that uh, they, you know, I post things about plastic surgery and they can ask questions there through Messenger or email me either way. Perfect. Fantastic. And you're also on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. So, yes, fantastic. Be in touch. We always want to hear from you. So take care of yourself. You're in a heart and prayers. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.